Good morning and welcome to another Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. Day 27 brings us to Genesis chapter 18 as we continue our walk through God's Word one chapter at a time. This is a three-year journey and we would love to have you join us for the whole journey. Um, We are doing this together as a church at Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, but others are welcome to join in with us. And uh, we'd love to hear your questions, comments, feedback. We do have hardback journals that uh, have the Bible reading plan on the inside of the front and back covers. Just a a regular journal for keeping notes, prayer requests, questions that come up. If you do have questions that come up, I'd love to hear them. So you can request your journal or you can send your questions to foresthillpca at gmail.com and uh, we would love to minister to you uh, by answering your questions or by providing you with a scripture journal. Genesis 18 is our passage today. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help before we turn to his word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, which is wonderful. We thank you for your word, which is everlasting and, and true. We pray, Lord God, that you would show us who you are very clearly and very powerfully through Genesis 18 today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 18. And the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre, as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, O Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree while I bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh yourselves and after that you may pass on since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham went quickly into the tent to Sarah and said, Quick, three seahs of fine flour, knead it and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to a young man who prepared it quickly. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is Sarah your wife? And he said, She is in the tent. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah your wife shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I am worn out, and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, No. But you did laugh. Then the men went out from there, and they looked down toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them on their way. 
The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? For I have chosen him, that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me, and if not, I will know. So the men turned from there and went toward Sodom, but Abraham still stood before the Lord. Then Abraham drew near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare it for the fifty righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, If I find at Sodom fifty righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Abraham answered and said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the fifty righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. Again he spoke to him and said, Suppose forty are found there. He answered, For the sake of forty I will not do it. Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Suppose thirty are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find thirty there. He said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. Suppose twenty are found there. He answered, For the sake of twenty, I will not destroy it. Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak again, but this once. Suppose ten are found there. He answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. This is God's word uh, in the English Standard Version, and I use esv.org for our on-screen display of the text. It's a great website, by the way, if you want to study the Bible. Uh, recommend ESV. They have uh, resources available. So, God, the Lord, appears to Abraham. One, There's one obvious thing about this passage that has confused Bible scholars for years, and there's a lot of different debates and opinions over it. And that is, this is clearly the Lord, Yahweh, repeatedly said in verse 1, it is Yahweh who appears to Abraham. Uh, and then later in verse 10, he is identified as Yahweh. And verse 13, Yahweh. Verse 14, Yahweh. So this is Yahweh. This is the Lord God Almighty who's come. But it's three men who come. Now, a lot of Bible scholars have said, well, it's it's the Lord. And we could say whenever the Lord takes human form as the angel of the Lord, it is Jesus. It's the Son of God. He is the radiance of the glory of God. He is the outshining of God's glory. He is the word of God. He's that way in which God manifests himself in the world. So it would be Jesus. And then 
the other two men would be two angels, and that these are the same two angels who later are in Sodom and, and who rescue Lot out of Sodom. Maybe. But I do think that's reading a bit into the text and making some assumptions. What we're told on the surface of the text as you read it is that there are three men who appear and that this is the Lord who's appearing. And even though there's three men, they always there's always a singularity in the speaking and in the acting. Now, again, one school of Bible interpretation will say, well, that's because it was Jesus the Lord who was speaking, and the other two were angels. But the other two are never identified as angels in this passage. And they may be the same two angels who show up at Sodom, but maybe not. I see in this passage a, a hint, a revelation of the Trinity, of the triune nature of God. Now, I'm not saying necessarily that these are human manifestations of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But I think that what we have in this passage is a is a hint, is a clue, is a revelation that God, the Lord, Yahweh, is three in one. One, it's the Lord who appears, and yet there's three. And they're taking counsel together. They're acting together. They're acting singular, singularly, and yet there's three. So I think this is one of the clearer Old Testament hints. And then later in Genesis 19, we'll read tomorrow that or actually we yeah we won't come back to genesis 19 for two more days sorry we're going to matthew tomorrow um we'll read a verse we'll focus in on it for a minute when we get to genesis 19 that the lord rained down fire and sulfur from the lord in heaven which is a very interesting way of expressing that action so i believe i believe this is one of the hints of the trinity that we get in the old testament god is triune always has been and I think from the very first chapter when he says, let us make man in our image to the revelation in Isaiah of holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. This is God has always been and always will be three in one. But let's take a look at what God says when he comes. He promises the birth of Isaac, specifically to Sarah. And this time it's Sarah's turn to laugh. Don't forget what we looked at yesterday. Abraham laughed first. And actually, God called him Isaac, which means laughter. Isaac is a name that means laughter. Um, and it was Abraham who laughed first. So Abraham and Sarah, who are both commended in Hebrews 11 and the Hall of Fame of Faith as being, you know, man and woman of faith, wonderful, you know, many ways, wonderful examples to us of faith and faithfulness as believers. But they are sinners and they do have doubts. And Sarah does laugh, and she even denies it, denies that she's laughed, but she's laughed. And God keeps his promise. He says, I'm going to come back in about a year's time, and I'm, you're going to have a son, and you'll call his name Laughter. She is 90 years old. It is understandable that she would laugh from a human perspective. And then comes the sobering news about Sodom, which is where Lot has gone. And God warns Abraham and actually allows Abraham to engage in a negotiation with him that if even 10 righteous persons can be found in Sodom, God will not destroy. But of course, there aren't 10. There's barely one. Where Lot is a righteous man. The New Testament affirms that he was a righteous man and that his heart burned with the immorality in the city. But, you know, his daughters 
Mm, not really. His wife, no. His sons-in-law, no. Uh, so Lot is really the only righteous person in Sodom. Um, but here we see this principle that in a place that has wickedness, for the sake of the righteous, God will sometimes withhold judgment. And so for us, I believe there's a lesson in this very simple one, and that is that we should be making intercession for the place in which God has put us, that he would be gracious and merciful, and that he would increase the number of righteous, and that the righteous would be effective salt and light within their communities, within our cultures. One man, Lot, was not able to do that in Sodom, as we will see very clearly when we come back to this passage in Genesis 19 in two days. But we see Christ being promised in the gift of Isaac. Again, anytime we see an impossible birth in the Bible, it should, receive, it should be a reminder to us of Christ, who was born in the most impossible way, born to a virgin girl in a very miraculous way. Um, but he's also, Isaac is the child of promise, and Jesus is the ultimate child of promise. And Jesus is also the ultimate righteous one who is sinless and who makes intercession for us and who takes the wrath of God on himself. So many pictures of Christ, in, even in this chapter in Genesis 18. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus Christ, our Savior, that he is the child of promise who came to fulfill all of your promises and purposes. Help us to trust in Jesus always and to walk by faith with you in this life, not doubting your promises, not laughing at the impossibility of what you do, but rejoicing in how good and faithful you are. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tomorrow we will be jumping back to the New Testament. We're going to be finishing up the Sermon on the Mount with Matthew chapter 7. Hope you can join us for that. Have a blessed day in the Lord.